The reading is taken from Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit had enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in these days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious days of the Lord. And everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Io, so much for reading. I'm sure you were delighted when you realised you got that long list of names to read for us. Thank you. Thank you, Colin and the band, for leading us in worship, and Kate so far. Good morning, everybody. Great. So I think this is as many as we've had on a Sunday morning in the building. And good morning to everybody watching from home. Uh, let's pray that God will come and speak to us this morning. Lord Jesus, we worship you 
We've been worshipping you in song. And we praise you that on that day of Pentecost, you poured out your Holy Spirit. We pray, come Holy Spirit afresh on us today, on me as I preach, on us as we listen. May we hear you speak to us today. And more than that, come and fill us with your power to live for Jesus. And all these things we pray in his name. Amen. Uh, Pentecost is one of the three great festivals that the Jewish nation had. They had lots of smaller ones. Passover, when they celebrated uh, escape from Egypt. Uh, That's at Easter time. Uh, Pentecost, 50 days later, that's where the Pente comes from, seven weeks later. uh, They celebrated the gift of the law at Sinai. How God said, you are my people and gave his law and spoke to them from the mountain. Uh, And then the other third great festival in the autumn, the Feast of Tabernacles, how they remembered how they wandered around in the wilderness all those years. Uh, Other festivals too, but Pentecost was a great gathering and Jews from all over the known world would gather in Jerusalem for Pentecost, God-fearers. There was a tremendous multicultural party going on. Uh, And it is at Pentecost that God poured out his Holy Spirit. Now last week we were thinking about the ascension where Jesus had said to his followers to wait Let's just recap Acts chapter 1, 4 and 5. While Jesus was eating with them, he said, Don't leave Jerusalem. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they needed that. Verse 8 of Acts 1, Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So they did what Jesus said. They went back to Jerusalem and they waited. They waited, they worshipped, they prayed. Uh, We read later in Acts, there were about 120 of them, uh, a whole gathering of folks, the actual apostles, other disciples, Jesus' mother, his brothers who he had appeared to were there, we read. Uh, 120 of them gathered and on the day of Pentecost, the spirit fell. Let me read to you the first few verses again that Io read. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, other languages, as the Spirit enabled them. Uh, And I want to think about those three, the wind, the fire, and the languages this morning. Uh, and see what God might want to do among us. So first of all, there was the sound of a violent wind filling the building. Now Jesus had himself compared the Holy Spirit to the wind when he talked with Nicodemus in John chapter 3. He said, the wind blows wherever it pleases, you hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Indeed, the Hebrew word for breath and spirit are the same, ruach. Uh, And indeed, in Greek, pneuma, from which we get pneumatic, is similar. God's breath, his wind, his spirit. And wind is one of the pictures of the Holy Spirit that the Bible gives to us. The wind can be very gentle. If you can imagine a nice hot summer day, it's hard at the moment. This time last year, it was 25, 26 degrees, and it was a lovely summer's day. Now it's 13 and cold and wet. But imagine a nice hot summer day. A gentle breeze is so refreshing. Sometimes the Holy Spirit comes to us gently like that, just gently whispering. Uh, other times, you get howling gales and hurricanes, and the Holy Spirit sometimes comes with tremendous force and power. 
And on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2.2 says it was like a violent wind filled the house. God came in power and it was very obvious that something was going on. Uh, He filled them with his strength and through them went on to turn the world upside down. They simply could not have done what Jesus had told them to do without the filling of the Holy Spirit. And it's the same for us. You and I cannot do what God wants us to do without the power of his Holy Spirit. You can try and do it in your own strength. It won't work very well and you'll get utterly exhausted and wind up giving up. We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit just as much as they did. And that strength, the strength of a powerful wind comes. Uh, Think of the difference that the Holy Spirit made to Peter. Peter who on the night before Jesus died had denied him three times to a servant girl or other servants now filled with the Spirit, stands up and preaches a bold sermon in front of thousands. Uh, In the coming chapters, he's arrested, he's imprisoned. Nothing will stop him. Filled with a power from outside, from God, that has transformed him. Now, you and I need the power of God to do what God is calling us to do. God's made us all different. He's given you particular gifts, particular abilities, particular things he wants to do in his service. But until you're filled with power from on high, you won't be able to do it. I love this verse in Ephesians 2.10. Paul says, we are God's handiwork. That's his Greek word poema, his poetry. He's crafted each one of us, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared for us to do. Each of us is different with different gifts and talents and heart and dreams. And God has stuff for you to do as he has for me. But in order to do them, you need to be filled with power from on high just as much as I do. Now, there is just as a slight aside, there is a dangerous half-truth out there today that says you can do anything you want and be anything you want. That's simply not true. Um, I, however much I'd like to be a brilliant sportsman or a great musician, I simply don't have the gifting. I really worked hard at my sport and I became reasonable. But others were so gifted. Uh, If I'd worked at my music, I might have become reasonable. But I just didn't have that talent unless God chose to give me more. It's a half-truth. The good thing about that is we don't want to squash anybody's dreams. We want to say, dream, follow your dreams, pursue how God's made you. That's right, we mustn't squash anybody. But to say that anybody can be anything simply isn't true. God's made us all differently. And the thing is, discover who God has made you to be. And then you will really become the person he's made you to be. And you will have the joy of doing what he's called you to do and serving him in the way he wants you to. Now, God didn't want me to become a brilliant sportsman or a a world-famous musician. I, I quite enjoyed my sport. I quite enjoyed having a go at the piano. I was never very good. Uh, God had different gifts for me. And leaning into them is tremendously fulfilling. So do encourage people's dreams. Get them to see what God put in you. Look for that. Don't squash people's dreams. But also, we sometimes need to help each other, saying, I'm not sure that's what he's gifted you in. How about this? And when you discover what he's got for you, and he fills you with his spirit, then it is extraordinary how God can use you. The Holy Spirit is given to empower us to be the people God's made us to be. First of all, helping us to know God's forgiveness. Peter goes on to preach a sermon. It's not about the Holy Spirit, the sermon. It's all about Jesus, what he did on the cross, how he died for sin, how he rose again. The first thing is for us to be forgiven and adopted in God's family 
and then filled with his spirit, with power from on high. Uh, So those are my thoughts about the wind, this tremendous power from outside that comes and fills them with the power of God, helping them to do and be what God's made them to do and be. And today I want to encourage you to pray for God to fill you with power from on high, to do what he's called you to do, to be the person he's made you to be. Uh, Ask that he would show you. Ask that he would put his desires in you. The closer we come to Jesus, the more our desires become his. And then we want what he wants for us. Uh, We'll probably pray that at the end, that God would help us to want what he wants for us. And then as he fills us, we're really cutting with the grain, as it were, with God. So that's the wind. Power from on high to strengthen us, to live for God and be the people he's made us to be. How about these tongues of fire, verse 3? Let's put that up. Have we got verse 3 there? Maybe not. Uh, Sorry, apologies to a projectionist when I ask for verses that I haven't tipped off in advance. Anyway, the, the fire came, tongues of fire from on high, and rested on each one of them. The wind filled the house generally. The fire came into each one of them, rested on each of them. And it makes the point that God's fire is for every single one. Now, fire is another great image of God in the Old Testament. Uh, Moses at the burning bush encountered God in the fire. Last term we were looking at the Exodus. Uh, God came down on Mount Sinai with smoke and fire. He guided the Israelites with a pillar of fire. It's a symbol of his presence. And here God touches each one of those 120 in the upper room with tongues of his fire, each one of them. Not just the apostles, the 12, not just Mary, the mother of Jesus, but all 120, every one of them, and this is for you too. The Holy Spirit is given for everyone who turns to Jesus. Uh, Now in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit only came on a few people for for a short while often for a specific purpose. Again, last term we were thinking about the tabernacle and the Holy Spirit came on Bezalel and gifted him with artistic, amazing artistic gifting. Uh, The Holy Spirit came on Gideon to lead, on Isaiah to be a prophet, on different individuals. But on most of God's people, no. And now on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is given for everyone. Peter in his sermon quotes Joel, the prophet Joel. This is Acts 2, 17 and 18. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. The spirit is prophesied in the Old Testament for everybody, young and old, male and female, masters and servants, everybody. And the tongues of fire come on each of those 120 in the upper room, every single one. The ones who thought maybe they should get the Holy Spirit, maybe the 12 apostles, the ones who thought maybe they they shouldn't, but God gave the Holy Spirit to everybody, every single one. And when you come to faith in Jesus, when you bow your knee to him as your Lord, he will forgive you your sins and wash you clean. And he will fill you with his Holy Spirit. And the promise is for you. Right at the end of Acts 2, at the end of Peter's sermon, he says this. 
Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children, and for all who are far off, all whom the Lord our God will call. I think Leamington Spa in 2021 counts as far off from Jerusalem. Wherever you are, as you repent of living life based on you, and bow your knee to Jesus as Lord... If you've never been baptised, come and come and be baptised as an expression of that. And God promises to fill you with his Holy Spirit. And what happens, it's not just power from on high, but God helps us to know him. And I think, I think this is perhaps one of the things of the significance of the tongues of fire on each one. The fire of God's love comes to each one of us. He wants you to know that he loves you deeply. Uh, often as we read about the Holy Spirit we read about God's fatherly love so when Jesus was baptized uh, we read this this is Luke 3 21 when all the people were being baptized Jesus was baptized too and as he was praying heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven you are my son whom I love with you I'm well pleased And we might think, well, of course, Jesus is the Son of God. Of course, the Father's going to tell him how much he loves him. But in Romans 8, Paul says this uh, for each one of us, Romans 8, 15. The spirit you received does not make you slaves, so you live in fear again. The spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. By him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. That is for each one of us. Abba is the Jewish word for daddy. I lived in Israel for a year. You would see the children coming back from kindergarten, coming home. Abba, 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 daddy, daddy, daddy. And the dad would pick them up in his arms and give them a big hug. Now, they were just as much his children when they were in the kindergarten as they were when they were in his arms. But when daddy, Abba, picked up his child and gave him a hug, they knew and experienced his love in a different way. And the Holy Spirit fills us. Paul says in Romans 5, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's given to us. The idea is that God helps us to know his love deep down, not just in our heads, but to know deep down in the deepest part of us uh, that he is our Heavenly Father, that you are his son or daughter. And this transforms life. When you get this, when the Holy Spirit helps you to know this, it utterly transforms you. When you know that someone loves you, uh, it makes such a difference. And you see people falling in love. Uh, They don't care who knows. The world is full of love songs and people demonstrating love, and they don't care who knows. On the day of Pentecost, people thought that the disciples were drunk, full of Holy Spirit, testifying to God's love in Jesus. Acts 2.13, some made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. Uh, But Peter said, no, that's verse 15, Peter said, these people aren't drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, Oh, we've lost the verse. There we go. I'll read it from here. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. So they're not drunk with alcoholic spirit. They're, if you like, drunk with Holy Spirit, full of the love of God, and they don't care who knows it. Now, we are told to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul in Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And for those of you who like to know your Greek tenses, this is a present continuous. Be filled and go on being filled every day. It's not a one-off. 
This is every day. And certainly on Pentecost Sunday, be filled. God's longing to pour out his Holy Spirit and we have to ask. And we'll do that in a few minutes. I heard a wonderful sermon from Tim Keller. I think all of his sermons are wonderful. But he was talking about the difference between uh, being drunk with alcoholic spirit and being drunk with Holy Spirit. When someone is drunk with alcoholic spirit, alcohol is a depressant, which means it depresses our brain function. Uh, so we don't think properly, so we don't care what anybody thinks. Uh, so you see someone drunk with alcohol, they feel fearless and fairly full of joy, but it's because their brain's not working. The alcohol has made them stupid. Uh, when you're full of Holy Spirit, actually your brain is working perfectly well, but you are so filled with God's love that you don't care what anybody thinks. The most important being in the universe, the God who made you, loves you. He is your father. You are his son or his daughter. So who cares what anybody else thinks of you? God loves you. And when you're so full of that reality, it transforms you. The early disciples, the early apostles, were completely joyful and fearless and in constant trouble. The church in the West tends to play it a bit safe, often afraid of what people think, not remotely in trouble. Let's pray the Holy Spirit falls afresh on us and we are filled with God's joy, uh, with fearlessness. And if people complain, well, okay, God's on our side. Uh, let me come on to the third one point. Uh, there's the wind, the power of God for everybody. There's the fire for each one, tongues of fire in you. God loves you. And the third one is the other languages. Let me read this again. Now I'm going to stop short of all those names that I read so brilliantly. Uh, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues, other languages, as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these people who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them speaking in our own language? I'm not going to read all the names, but amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Well, it's a good question. What does it mean? What is God trying to demonstrate by pouring out his spirit then particularly? Could have done it a week earlier when Jerusalem was a bit quieter. Could have done it a week or two later. But he did it when everyone was gathered, all these people from all around the known world, speaking all these different languages. And the spirit enabled those disciples to speak in other languages. Slightly different from a sort of prayer language of tongues that might be given to you to help you uh, into a deeper love relationship with God. This is a miracle given that you could speak in a language you don't know and others would hear and understand. What does it mean? Well, I think it's clear. It means that Jesus is not just for the Jewish nation. Jesus is for the whole world. The gospel was spoken in every language there uh, that was in Jerusalem at that time. That means the gospel is for every language and every culture in the world. There is no one right gospel culture. Uh, Jewish culture isn't the only way to express Jesus, nor is white British culture, any culture. Uh, the glorious thing, wherever the gospel has gone, wherever Jesus has been preached, uh, churches spring up in cultures of those nations, in their own culture. Sadly, Sometimes missionaries have gone and along with the message of Jesus have imported a culture. That's not as good, 
But the Holy Spirit has ways of bringing the natural culture to life. And in all of our culture, there are wonderful things that God brings to life. And there are some things that are not so wonderful that the Holy Spirit wants to redeem uh, and express being God's great family. Uh, So here in Leamington, when we moved to Leamington 20 years ago, um, there's a big Sikh community in Leamington, has been for many years, and obviously a, a big white British community. There weren't so many people of other languages as there are today. But when I walk around Leamington today, and I quite often go for long walks over the common or along the canal or down the parade, I usually hear at least one person speaking in another language. I might be walking along the canal and hear someone phoning in Polish, or I might be walking along and hear someone in Portuguese, or I might be, there's some language, I think, what was that? Uh, I recognize French or Spanish, there's some I don't, but almost any time I go on a longish walk, I hear someone from a different language, here in our town. Uh, And I've been very, very struck over the last year, since George Floyd's death a year ago. I think the whole world's been doing a lot more thinking. I've certainly been doing a lot more thinking, a lot of reading, a lot of listening, a lot of praying. And I am struck that God wants us at St. Paul's to express the different cultures we have more visibly, more obviously. So I want to say I'm sorry to those of you who come from different cultural backgrounds that what tends to come up front is white British. Wonderful to have IO reading today from Nigeria. And I've got a few folks reading from di- in different languages coming up in a few minutes' time to express that we are from different cultures. And there's something when we meet together uh, that God loves. Uh, you may know that we've started a group looking at the sort of how do we integrate different racial backgrounds and express that in St. Paul's in a way that God wants. We had our first meeting last month by Zoom. Um, our second meeting we'll meet in person, which is great. Uh, but even by Zoom, there were nine of us, two of us with white faces, seven with brown or black faces. And as we prayed together, uh, I found the tears rolling down my cheek. There was something of God's presence, even across Zoom, with this multicultural. And I thought, oh my goodness, what are we missing out on in St. Paul's by not celebrating more the fact that God's spirit is for everybody, not just male and female, not just uh, old and young, not just rich and poor, but black and white and every colour in between. And that, that first day of Pentecost, God gives this gift of languages so everybody could hear in their own language. And 3,000 are baptised, presumably a multi-racial dramatic baptism. Uh, I doubt they kept baptism records in those days, like the, the British Anglicans very good at keeping records. It would have been a complete nightmare trying to do that. But they did count them, 3,000 on that first day. Now, it wasn't long before this racial harmony was challenged. We don't know how many years. It may have just been a year or two, maybe four or five years. But in Acts chapter 6, there was a tension between uh, the Jewish-speaking, Hebrew-speaking widows and the Greek-speaking widows. The church was providing food for those who need it, but the Greek-speaking widows felt they were missing out, that uh, it wasn't fair. And there was a real tension, a racial tension in the early church. What were they going to do? And they prayed and they consulted. You can read this in Acts 6. They appointed seven deacons. Interesting, read their names, all Greek names, Greeks, to look after the food distribution because they were determined that the church was going to be multicultural, multi ethnic, not just a Jewish church. Later on, when the church got to Antioch, we read a little bit about the. Uh, 
the leadership of that church. This is Acts chapter 13 and verse 1. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, we know he was from Cyprus. Simeon called Niger, presumably a black African. Lucius of Cyrene, that's near Libya. Manaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, probably affluent Jewish. And Saul, Paul the, the apostle. That's a multiracial leadership team in that early church. Historians tell us that Antioch uh, had racial tensions and racial riots. And here was a church which there, where there was unity. And it was in Antioch that they were first called Christians, these Christ people. We read that in Acts 11. Something about Jesus is seen in this interracial harmony. And there's something God's wanting to do among us. I can't quite see what it is. I just, we're we're going to pursue this. For we want to express something of the kingdom of God here in our church family, that when people encounter us, they encounter God. We will certainly encounter this in heaven. I love this picture of heaven, Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. Uh, They're singing a song in heaven to Jesus. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God people from every tribe and language and people and nation. You made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on earth. People from every tribe and language and people and nation. Well, I don't know what the Holy Spirit wants to do here, but we're going to pray for his power so we can do what God's calling us to do. We're going to pray for those tongues of fire, as it were, to come on each one, that each one of you will know God's love for you. We're going to pray that God would show us how to be a church that reflects people from all our different ethnic backgrounds. And just to give a tiny, tiny flavour of that, uh, I only thought about this on Wednesday night, it's a bit late, I wrote to a few people and said, would you come and read John chapter 3, verse 16, in your language, or the language of your ethnic heritage? So just for those of you who don't know John 3.16 in English, here it is in English, perhaps the most famous verse in the Bible. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. On the day of Pentecost, they heard them declaring the wonders of God in different languages. We're going to hear John 3.16 in four different languages, I think. So I've got Tinu, come, come up to the lectern first. And others I've asked, Steve and Kerry. And is David here somewhere? I haven't said, there he is. Come and just stand by, one by one, come up to the lectern. And we'll have John 3.16 read in different languages. Uh, so first of all, Tinu, if you come up. So I haven't given you much time to find this on your phone. But while Tinu's coming up, Tinu's from Nigeria. And tell us the language that you're going to read and then read John 3.16 for us, Tini. Okay. I'm going to be reading John 3.16 in Yoruba language. And John 3.16 reads like this in the Yoruba language. It says, Johanu Uriketa Ese Kerin Dilogun Nitori Olorun Fe Araye Tobe Hallelujah. I don't know if that's the first time we've had Yoruba in St. Paul's, but it's lovely to hear. And I know that's Io's language as well, who read for us in English as well. Let's have Steve. Steve from Ireland, who's been brushing up on his Gaelic. So... um, 
Irish is the national language of um, Ireland, and um, it's one that I'm trying to learn, coming to rather late in life. So this is um, Owen Tree, uh, Shejeg. Or Rai Jia and Owen Homorshin, Gurhugshe a Ian McWee, Idrogach Dinya Kredjanan, Nach Galfie. Thank you, Steve. And David next. Now, David, I know parents, one is from Pakistan and one from England. What language are you going to read for us, David? Um, being fluent in only English, I chose, had to choose between Punjabi, Welsh and Urdu. And I, I chose Urdu. That's good, because we've got Welsh coming up later. I'm relieved about that. So here we have John 316 in Urdu. Kudawan ne dunya seasi mohabat raki ke usne apna akalauta beta bakshdia take joy koi uspari iman lai halak naho balke hamesha ki zindagi pe. Hallelujah. Thank you. And last but by no means least, we have Kerry from Wales reading Welsh. John 3 16 and Kamaraya Kerry 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 can is vessel a carrod do a beard? Vella rodos ev ever a iniganetic vab. Vella hosher puibenaga gretto in the wave. And Kafailo hono, the weed traguizel. Hallelujah. Uh, would you stand? We're going to pray. Let's have the band come back and let's pray together. We pray that ancient prayer of the church come, Holy Spirit. How we praise you that you fell on the day of Pentecost, that you came with the power from heaven, the violent wind, empowering your church to tell the world about Jesus. How we praise you that you came with tongues of fire, helping each individual know the fire of your love for them. How we praise you that you enable them to speak in every language under heaven that was there in Jerusalem that day. We welcome you, most Holy Spirit. Come and fill us individually and as a church at St. Paul's afresh today. Here in the building and wherever we're watching, come Holy Spirit. Let's just be still. 